0: finally gave the Ringers Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Capadia. That's right. Just a couple Philly guys with a new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly sports,
1: Shield. What could possibly go wrong?
0: Join the fun and follow the Ringers Philly special. Special now on
1: Spotify. It's the full go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley cup. And right now you can check out the new and improved parlay hub filter by odds, sport and bet type to easily find the most 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by
2: Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
1: I mean, I'm the full go, really. Chicago everywhere. Check 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 it. Not enough
2: Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at full go. The full
3: go podcast. The full go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man jason goff three times a week with jason goff
0: his mood is elevated <laughs> he is feeling good jason i'm loving the full go
4: love the full go with the me. full go the full go
1: welcome to full go with jason goff that is what i'm talking about
3: what up world you're listening to the full go with jason goff presented by the ringer a spotify original Yeah.
1: Ah, uh, see look at look at look at, look at how niggas do you. Hey, wake it up. I, I'm just trying to improve show fam. I'm just I'm just trying to do my <laughs> hey, job. Man, I am looking you know for you, right. dog. Right. I am looking for you, Bullshit. dog. Bullshit. Come Bullshit. on. See how they do you? See, <laughs> see how they fucking do you? You already know what it is. You already know what it is. Oh lord. All right, well, let's let's get this <laughs> let's get this thing started off on the right foot, all right? Let's do this the right way. Is Brucey B going anywhere? Hell no. Hell no. Hell yeah, no. Hey, we run this shit back. We run this shit back. Yeah. Hell yeah. Come on. Get live. Get live. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to episode, was this, 255? I think we're dealing with it right now. Episode 255, 255 of the Full Gold Podcast. Yes, sir. Chris Sutton, Tony Gill, always along for the ride. I'm Jason Goff. Of course, this thing is brought to you by The Ringer. Spotify is the gang. Um, well... We got a chance to see a parade and a celebration, and a uh, you know middle-aged white man with a chain and hat cocked to the side, and of course some shades. I yo, listen, listen. I don't know what more the NBA has to do to sell itself to y'all out there. You know, whether you are casual, whether you hate it and you love all the hockey in the world. But I'll be goddamned if the sport that I love and, and have come to love over the last 42 years of my life can't turn someone who is seemingly buttoned down, can't wait to scream at you, a little bit of a hard ass, a salty old dog like Mike Malone, son of a coach, right? He's been in the game for his entire life, damn near. This man waited to get on a parade stage, a championship stage to unveil. Or to show, uh, unveil, I should say, to show the blackening of NBA coaches. Now, I always, when I hear someone, like, jump into character the way, because maybe Mike Malone rocks like this. Like, maybe this is the reason why he was the only coach to get through the Boogie Cousins, right? And shout out to Sacramento for always making the worst moves, no matter how much you want to talk about the beam team and all this other shit. I got, I got about 25 years worth of history on my side, goddammit. And we're going to get into Sacramento as well, because it's an interesting... Things happening surrounding the Chicago Bulls and trade assets and all that other stuff. But man, Michael Malone, like I I was a fan when he was at Sacramento. I became a bigger fan today and I've been around parades, right? Of course, in this city, I've covered them. I've been a part of them. Championship celebrations. Um, I've seen people not know how to curse. Not know how to be drunk, you know what I mean. Make it look uncool. You feel me? Like you know, stammering, stuttering, floundering around. You know, bus rides where things are being thrown at them and they're almost falling off. Shout out to the Chicago Blackhawks dynasty, by the way. That's the team that I'm speaking of in this moment as we are sitting here talk about. But man, listen, that shit was entertaining, right? You got Nikola Jokic doing his whole "I want to go home" thing until they got that sauce in him, you know. Until until he started to probably sample what Denver is known for this last year and a half two years or so all of a sudden he don't want to take his ass back to Serbia just yet I know he got his horses right I know he got his lovely lady and his and his beautiful child and his brothers who are pretty much you know retired hitmen, seeming like them dudes <laughs> them, <laughs> them dudes are throwing people around at, at, on championship night they went to the parade and people were asking them to throw them around like shout out to the Jokic brothers um, shout out to all the brothers in the background with their shirts off like this is the thing too when you take your shirt off you you gotta make sure somebody else keeps theirs on because after a while if more than one shirt comes off you start to look like that University of Texas celebration pick where Casey Hampton got his big old belly out Vince Young got his shirt off there's another player with his shirt off I feel feel like Lyman Swede was out there shout out to that name by the way but Lyman Swede was out there with his shirt off and it's like you got too many fellas with their shirts off at at a celebration you think to yourself hey fellas I mean save some for somebody else you know what I mean Either that or you at Shotgun Willys getting ready to be suspended for the entire next year. You feel me? Yeah, I'm on one tonight because I am here to have fun. There's way too much shit that is in the news right now that has brought me down the entire day. Right? Today is Therapy Thursdays, not only on the pod, but in real life. So, you know, I get my little introspective deep dive into the news and what's going on and trying to navigate the feelings around me. And then sports allows me to just be yanked out of that little sphere and I get to I get to you know laugh and smile about something. And boy, is there a lot to laugh and smile about? Because <sighs> bulls fans, we've come to the point where over the last two years, I think today, whenever you're listening to this, right? We're recording, or what is it Thursday night around nine o'clock, whatever you're listening to this, I think, this is the first step in us truly understanding and realizing who Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are. And you may say, Jay, they've had a couple of years and a couple of teams to put together. How do we not know who they are? Well, their plans got foiled a little bit, right? Their plans got a little sidetracked, because Lonzo Ball, we don't know what's going to happen to him going forward, but all of a sudden, Jake Fisher and the good people over at Yahoo Sports out here making all this noise about trades and 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 likelihoods of trades, and and who's out there as the best targets. And Zach Levine's name came up. And I will say this. Um, as a Bulls fan, I'm all for it. And you might be like, oh, Jay, what are you all for? Well, I'll tell you, goddammit. I'm all for Arturis Karnashovis and Mark Eversley noticing that all of a sudden Brad Beal is out there once again, like he is seemingly every single summer, and sending themselves, wait a minute the guy who has been compared to Bradley Beal, Or the guys who have been uh, on the same trajectory over the last few years, especially, you know, when it's time to get paid contract clocks, um, you know, their little personal rivalries between teams that ain't really championship contention, but it looked cool during the regular season. It's been this Bradley Beal, Zach Levine thing. And Bulls fans know this. Like these last couple of years, we've seen them. And even when they match up, when they get a chance to be on the floor healthy against each other. Those two dudes go at it. And there's a healthy respect, I believe, for the two of them, uh, between the two of them. But... When Bradley Beal, all of a sudden, because he's the only player in the NBA with a full no trade clause, like he can veto anything and everything. So you trading for him, the, it's it's more important that he can tell you as the team that's trading for him, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so you're going to eat this 57, 58, 59 million dollar salary three years from now when I am, you know, in my Ray Allen stage in my career. Like Bradley Beal's still holding on to that Milwaukee Bucks Ray Allen kind of vibe right now where he's scoring and he's slashing and he's facilitating but we also know what the ceiling is when it comes to a player like Bradley Beal it's no shade to him because hell <laughs> certain ceilings of players that y'all out here respecting on a daily weekly monthly and yearly basis are out here getting trounced in the fucking playoffs and on top of it they coaches can't wait to talk shit about them once they're no longer their coaches I'm looking at you Tony Gill and your favorite, Joel Embiid. Yeah, you didn't think it was gonna come back around for you, huh? You thought that MVP was gonna get me off your off the off the off the scent. Yeah, the big Hagendaz is back, baby. His coach came out here and was like, Yeah, your man is not healthy in the playoffs. That's why he that's why he flounders, right? He's not in shape, you know what I mean? Like all those things. This man just had an MVP season. His coach was like, Hey, let me tell you about this motherfucker right here. let me let me, let me tell y'all. About y'all MVP, huh? Let me let me let me pull up a chair real quick and holler. Yo, what Doc Rivers so, draft snitching? Like, what's what's man, up, bro? I mean, what like, got to Do you ever to want to lose? work again? What? <laughs> who not going to? hire? Which team you think ain't going to look at their roster and go? Maybe Doc could do it. Right, like, like, all it takes is for you to have like a, a wayward star, a couple of vets that that need you know reaching out to Doc gonna bring you know his his uh, infinite wisdom, I guess. And on top of it, he bringing you know he you know he bringing that situation up top, so he he ready to roll. That thing travels, okay? That that tattooed situation up top, that shit travels. So he's ready to show up at anybody's press conference and be announced as their new head coach. Like if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm in the cut, like. Psh, I'm golden out here Rode Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen to a, to an NBA title. You know what I mean? Did what I did with Tracy McGrady and the Orlando magic and y'all shit on me. And then still bounced back and got the Clippers job, still bounced back and got the Philadelphia 76ers job. But I digress. All the stars that you think are at a certain level, the NBA, it's clear, you know what we do every single season Every single season, we talk about who is good enough to win you five months of basketball games. And then when it comes down to it, all that really matters is who's good enough to win you a month and a half of basketball games. Like, which player can you look in the fucking face and say, that dude right there is going to be the best player or one of the best players on the court in the toughest moments for a six week stretch when it matters? Okay, like all these 50, 55, 60 win teams, everybody's juggling. Oh, look at this squad. And yeah, this is an up and coming team. None of that shit matters once you get. And, and if it didn't matter uh, as much before, it's going to matter even less going forward. Because the Miami Heat as a playing team band together and said, we can't make shots. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not going to outscore you. We are just gonna tough you. We gonna we gonna we gonna take our cool off from jump ball, and you gonna wait around to do it till third, maybe the fourth quarter. And by that time, we beating the shit out of you and and physically bludgeoning you. They went into the playoffs with a six foot seven center and ran through the east. Okay, all right. And the only time that they had a little bit of a hiccup, where it's like oh shit, is because two of the best players in the NBA decided to go on one, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right. So I think we need to reshape what really is our focus as Bulls fans and as observers of this sport, where it's like, oh, is this guy the best player on a championship team? Or what is this guy? You know what matters the most nowadays? Who you paying and how much you paying them? It ain't even your best player anymore is not your best player because there's a lot of best players on some of these teams that you really, really respect that ain't getting shit worth worth the money, right? Austin Reeves is the third best player on the Los Angeles Lakers, okay? Went to the Western Conference Finals partly because that man is a bargain. You know what they could do? They brought in Jerry Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, all these dudes, right? They went out and made trades knowing that, hey, we got, we got an ace in the hole. This dude making league minimum. You... All of a sudden, zoom out and then zoom back in. Your situation here in Chicago is who you're paying and how much you're paying them. And when you look at the top 20 highest paid players in the league, you know, Zach Levine no more is that bargain and the most the most valuable, most efficient player in the league. I remember a couple of years ago when we he was looking at these numbers when Zach started doing that close to 50, you know, close to 40, you know, close to 90 stuff. And you're like, oh, look at him. He's like the, the 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 47th highest paid player in the league. Look at the value that you're getting out of this. And all I said was, yo, when he gets this money, don't expect for him to change too much. Yeah, you want him to refine a couple of things, right? You want him to be a, a different type of leader, Face of a franchise now matters in terms of how you deal with the media. Also, how you deal with your teammates, how you deal with your head coach. The young boys are now looking at you because you have set the standard. You have gotten the money. I don't care what anybody says. Young players look at who gets the money in a locker room and go, that's how I need to comport myself. That's how I need to get down. So when you go from the one of the best values in all of the NBA, and then two years later, you're out here making the 14th most money in the league. And you sitting at the crib, oh yeah, man, everything is on deck. And you can be mad all you want, put yourself in this position, player. And it, you know, you might say, golf, that's unfair. None of this shit is fair. None of this shit is fair. You know, fair, fair is everybody getting an opportunity. All of y'all start out oh and oh, at the beginning of the season. That is your fairness. That is your opportunity. After that, you gotta take over. And for the last two years, Zach Levine has done and, and make terrific strides individually. And then on the team side, he's become a better defender, but I'm not of this mindset that Zach Levine is some shutdown defender. I'm not of this mindset that Zach Levine is some two-way player. I'm still of the mindset that Zach Levine is a magnificent scoring option. <laughs> he doesn't have to do it at a high volume rate and is a marketable skill, by the way, right? Because that's the Miami Heat, and we'll get into it, by the way. But that's the Miami Heat. If they would like a 26, 25 point per game score who doesn't have to take 30 shots to get it. That's what Zach has become now. All the things that we talked about with Zach before, some of them have changed, but some of them have remained the same. And it's the reason why you find yourself in the position that you find yourself. Now, if it came down to Zach and DeMar, I would lean towards um, DeMar being the guy. But back to the Bradley Beal point. This man has been compared to Bradley Beal for the last three, four years, right? If I'm Mark Eversley, and I'm Arturis Karnaschovas, and I see the things that are being bandied about for Bradley Beal, oh, you goddamn right. Hey, 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 hey. Two years younger. No full trade clause, right? No come full see you trade about your boy. Oh, hey, come holler at come me. Come through, come you on through. You feel me? You feel me? We put, we pushing up on this block. You dig? It's, it's the scene in the wire where it's like, you know, Hey, that pack is out and we here on your block, you know? And all of a sudden you see our tourist kind of show walking up the street, swinging a fucking
4: golf club,
1: <laughs> you know, just swinging around his head, not swinging it for, for practice. Not making sure that that chip game is all outstanding, right? Not making sure that that in between game is, is doing what it's supposed to do. He just swinging that bitch around in the golf club and Zach Levine, he's just like, yo, y'all, y'all want to sell dope on this block? Okay, well, it's going to be some things that we need to talk about. Yeah, the Wizards are trying to sell dope on the Bulls block. All we've heard about this offseason was continuity, right? Continuity. Things, Run it back. They know they can't run this shit back, but they also know that they're in a bind. Lack of resources, draft capital. You're not messing with the luxury tax because, you know, (laughs) you know, you know why you're not messing with the luxury tax. Man, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. If it's some blood in the urine or not over there at the Advocate Center, we're going to find out how sleepless these nights have been, right? We're going to find Mark Eversley sitting there like, boy, that Nike gig was really low stress. <laughs> that, that shit was, you know, put out a couple of shoes, go to China once a year, you feel me? You know, go on these tours, you know, be every player's friend, right? And now all of a sudden, you motherfuckers want me to put together a champion. Like, what, the, what what's going on out here, right? With this? <laughs> we didn't we didn't overturn this roster in two years. All of a sudden you motherfuckers want us to make it out the playing game? God damn it, the Miami heat made it to the finals. What are we gonna do now, fellas? That's exactly like that's that's what I'm thinking to myself like the whole time. Arturis and <laughs> and Mark on the phone, like hey uh heater up 3-0 on the Celtics. It's looking like uh they're going to the finals. And then game four rolls around. <laughs> Mark texts our Arturis like Yeah, you see our guys Tatum and Brown tonight? Yeah, they might let us off the hook, baby. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they out there. They out there you know, with their Kevin McHale, Mitchell and Ness throwbacks on, you know, their Dennis Johnson throwbacks on. They out there doing all the wild shit. They became Boston fans. Feel me just saying the N-word recklessly? Like, they became Boston fans in that moment. And then Game 7 rolled around the Miami Heat. You know, they, they knuckled up, did what they had to do. And Mark and Arturo is like, yo, uh, we need to fucking do something <laughs> because we were three minutes and forty five seconds away from beating this team, and Max Truce went crazy on us. <laughs> that cannot be the the lead in to next year, right? Like in radio, we used to always. I remember at the score, we. <laughs> This score used to be so fucking petty, man. I remember back in the day where uh, North and Jiggins, <laughs> before they were on, uh, they were on right before the Heavy Fuel crew. And there used to be times where Mike North would put an Adopt-A-Pet segment on shortly before the other show would come on. Or he would put, you know, Fritzy's Night on the Town. For all the old school scoreheads out there, you know what I'm talking about. Where he would have a segment where he... His wife would come on and talk about a local pet that needed adopting, right? And then some days he would have his man Fritzy, who was, you know, exactly what a man named Fritzy sounds like he's into. And he would talk about his night out on the town, hence Fritzy's night out on the town. And this would happen before the afternoon show was coming on. And boy, the afternoon show used to be fucking hot. You know why? Because the lead in. They're like, hey, man, you just told motherfuckers to turn this shit off for the last 15 minutes. And now all of a sudden, we got to come back in. They used to talk about starting up the engines. And the North and Jiggins used to say that shit about the show before them, too. Like, oh, you got to start the transmitter back up. Like, it was always that catty, you know, nasty, male kind of soap opera shit. Not always, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? It, it was It was competition, but it was also, it was, you know, that kind of vibe every once in a while. The Bulls are sitting here like, yo, (laughs) this lead-in to next season? It's not looking hot. It's not looking like we want to look. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash go to join today. And I'm going to tell you all right now, Ian Happ has been on an absolute Tear. I like the way Ian Happ is swinging the baseball, swinging the bat, I should say, and on top of it, against the Pittsburgh Pirates in the first game of the series, it pretty much was the Ian Happ game. So I'm going Ian Happ for the next couple of games, see if I can ride him to fan duel victories, okay? So that's from me to y'all out there. If you want to go Ian Happ two or plus hits in the next game against the Pirates, go right ahead. If you want to go Ian Happ with an RBI, go right ahead. I think he's swinging a hot stick, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the series against the Pirates. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. This has been a bad, 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 bad seven or eight days for NBA stars bad you know i think some of it's fun right but for the most part it's not it's not great uh shout out to Aisha curry for throwing her hat in the ring too by the way y'all did y'all see what happened y'all see aisha curry was on the view and they had some buff, swole-ass dude come out there and serve all of them champagne and she mimicked like she was taking off her ring, like joking around laughing or whatever. For some reason <laughs> women hate Aisha Curry, <laughs> right? And then on the other hand, like I know as many men who hate Steph Curry so it's like, hey man, that family can't do shit right in y'all eyes. Like leave them alone. Right? Like Aisha Curry has talked about you know, her relationship with Steph and has been open about it and, you know, the people out there, the, the, I guess the pick as they want to call them, you know, it's like she don't deserve stuff. And then, you know, you hear, the, you hear the angry bros who are soon to be divorced or will never have a man, like that's right, girl, do what you need to do. You know, it's like you ain't got to be submissive or soft for anybody and then go out there talking that hot girl summer shit, not knowing that each one of the city girls are very happily involved and can't wait to send you bitches off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right? Just the same way the dudes do with us. Like the, these dudes be out here rapping and talking all that shit and talking about all the women that they have and can't wait to go home to somebody that they would never show on television or camera. You feel me? So, yeah. Don't 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 mess around chasing something else. The the stars out here and we already know. I mean, Zaya. <laughs> Zaya. Man had a press conference. Daddy wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> I tell you what, (laughs) I,
3: I believe in Zion. Of course you do, pops.
1: That's <laughs> all I gonna, got. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> what you Ooh, gonna do? What? Disown him in this moment? <laughs> you see what he's sending in that wide transfer? Shit! Imagine what he's sending to you. You feel me? If he's sending twenty twenty five thousand, a, you know, a trip to Mariah Mills, you know, pops is getting broke off. What you gonna come out there and be like? I disown this young man for having a with penis. <laughs> I am. I am no longer his father for him being twenty two years old and coming to the ways of Instagram. And I was talking to my homies about this too. Yo, Instagram, like, you could tell when a young dude jump in the league and then you see who they're around or whatever. These young motherfuckers think Instagram is the menu. <laughs> like, like, Instagram is the disclaimer. Okay? Like, <laughs> that, that you, gotta, you gotta use it for its purposes okay you know you can't you can't mess around if you if you can't mess around and then and then as soon as soon as the championship parade was finished all I could think of was I wonder what Jai doing like I wonder you know Jai you know they, they, they tried to float that cockamamie story about it being a toy gun and all of a sudden, like, why are you messing around with a toy gun on IG Live if you already got in trouble with a real gun that looked like a toy gun in a strip club a few months ago? like Why, why, why would that be the smart thing to do? Okay, so we out here waiting for John Morant suspension. We out here watching Zion Williamson and, you know, get uh, re owned apparently by his daddy. You know, shout out to Daddy Williamson for, you know, giving us his two cents. Aisha Curry is out here mimicking, like she's taking off her ring. The, the internet gets set ablaze. I don't know about y'all, I'm never letting basketball go. For what? Why would I do that? This is the greatest male soap opera. And shout out to the ladies who are involved in it as well. But let's be real, fellas. If you watch the stories, you know, cool, good deal for you. You know, I hope you enjoy, you know, clapping the tambourine at the church as hard as you possibly can. But other than that, this is our soap opera for men. Like this is what we do. We are sitting here watching athletes get pontificated on get traded in every trade machine possible. Bulls fans are messing around, running to the trade machine. All right. So if they, if they, if you're getting Julius Randall and Evan Fournier and a bunch of picks for Bradley Beal, what can we get for Zach Levine? Like, and you're supposed to, you're supposed to do that. And Zach, I don't know how he's going to take it, but judging from past um, instances, whether it be the trade deadline that just passed where he got wind that the Knicks and some other teams were kicking tires on him and he was not too happy about it, nor was he happy about the benching that happened in Orlando this season. Zach had himself a a spectacular season, but it amounted to a 40-win team who got beat in the playing by the Miami Heat who were undermanned at the time as well. Tyler Hero makes a difference, but let's not act like Tyler Hero is Elgin Baylor out here. Okay, you had enough offensive firepower to beat that team, and that's what you're banking on with these two players, right? So if that don't work, got to take it back to the lab. I'm not mad at it at all. Not mad at it at all. You weren't going to be able to bring back the same 14 dudes, 13 dudes, whatever it is, and say, hey, y'all, we feel like we got a chance with this. Our guy, Casey
3: Johnson, he mentioned that. He's like, he's been preaching continuity, one. And the the wanting to bring back everybody, including Io and Kobe. And KC pointed out, well, that will put you near the luxury tax. So if if you want to bring everybody back and you know you're not gonna go over the salary or over the luxury tax for the team, right, what how are you gonna change this team?
1: What's gonna change? Nothing. Hey, 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 you want (laughs) you want a big bag or you want what you smoking? That's what the NBA is asking the Bulls. <laughs> how long How long do you want to do this? You out here still buying Knicks? Or you want something that's going to last you for a few years here? That's, that's it. And no pun, by the way. No pun. Not saying that we out here buying Knicks, right? The other thing is the connection. Like, Zach Levine is a super cool dude. Super cool cat. And my interactions with him... You know, he's always come off extremely confident, which I can appreciate. There's no shade. Like, I like uh, an uber confident dude or an uber confident gal. Because if you're around them enough or if you see them perform enough, you're going to see why they're confident or why they shouldn't be as confident. And Zach has always been a confident cat. He's worked on his game. He's come back from injury, played 60 some odd games in a row last year after we were worried about that knee injury to begin the season. I think the Bulls and Zach Levine unknowingly, you know, in terms of getting, getting him back to health and, you know, because we talked a lot about the Bulls training staff over the last half a decade too, right? And he was healthy. And while he was healthy, he was performing. Zach did himself a service, right? Because he bounced back from a knee injury, another knee injury, and another knee surgery. But he also did the Bulls a service. And he did his trade prospects a service by showing people, hey, you ain't got to worry about the the rest and the load management just yet in my career. Now, now, maybe, just maybe, these are the things that are being argued against when it comes to trading for Zach Levine and the amount of leverage that the Bulls have. Because the, the team is like, hey, That shit looks cool now. But three or four years from now, what's it going to look like? So what you have to do is find teams who are in a trade window of win now for Zach Levine. This can't be, you know, if you want to trade Zach Levine to the Sacramento Kings for Harrison Barnes and some picks and all this other stuff, and maybe another play on the Monk or something like that, you know, you're telling me that this is a move that you're making because it's just not going to work and winning isn't Uh, The focal point, you know, you're just trying to roll over a team and trying to see what you look like going forward without Lonzo Ball, without Zach Levine. But if we're talking about Zach Levine getting traded for a star or and I don't even know how it works because, you know, I'm not a cat guy. I'm just a dude with a microphone. But, you know, if if the Lakers come a calling, I keep going back to that night in L.A. when Rich Paul is in the front row and Zach Levine goes crazy. And Rich Paul and Zach Levine have a business relationship. Of course, Rich Paul and LeBron James have a few business relationships and him showing up at that game on that night while Zach is, you know, in the throes of getting back to being himself. Hey, Hey, if you want Austin Reeves and and a few of those players and you want to send Zach Levine back to the West coast so he can enjoy himself and be on a championship squad. Like whenever we talk about trades, it always feels like you're saying that the player in in question is no good, or he just, his his time has run out. Sometimes that's the case. Other times it's just the fit (laughs) or you've reached your ceiling. And I think the thing with the Zach Levine situation is, um, What are you going to witness in terms of development? Like, how much further does he have to go in terms of this is what he is? Because we also talk about Zach Levine like he's 24 years old. Zach's 28. He's in his ninth year, right? Like, he's he's got to the point now where, you know, what do they say about kids? You know, first six, seven years of their life, you pretty much you're downloading the foundation and they're going to run off into the rest of the world for the next 70 years with that. After about a good five years in the NBA, six years in the NBA, outside of catastrophic injuries, you are who you are. And you refine certain things along the way. It's okay that Zach Levine isn't one of the five best players in the league. There's only five dudes who could be that. And that rotating five changes every damn year. But what he is, is a terrific scorer and a dude who can bring you back, a, I think, a decent amount. Whether it be the picks that you've given away for Nikola Vucevic, you know, and then we'd have to examine, you know, what you're really doing out here when you're trying to make moves to cover up other moves. Because that's not a way to live in the NBA either. That's the interesting thing about this, too, is like as you,
3: as they're being reported, the wording is calling team to gauge trade interest for Zach Levine is the wording that, way that was so used. That
1: it's, it's worded that way so that Zach doesn't take it as personally Personal, right. at, as if they would be saying the
4: Bulls are actively trading Zach Levine. But are, you, but are you sure he doesn't want out, though? I mean, are you sure he's... See, that's, is, that's,
3: is, is he happy as a Bull? That's that's the thing, too, is, is so many... A good question. When you play around with this, one thing that you, you got to go by what you know for sure when you're gauging this situation is, one thing is, we all know, and the league all knows, you with Zach Levine, you're going nowhere. So you can't convince me as a person that might be interested in Zach Levine, that you are willing to ride this out. Because I know, and you know, that this is not going anywhere. And on top of that, does Zach Levine really want out? And if I if I get, if if you know the homies, Mav Carter, you know, and the boys hit me up like, hey, we could be interested? And I know they can't say He's that directly because you know, or just if there's word around, right, and it's easy enough to get that word around that a player, you know, would want out, like it puts them even in a mess, in a in a deeper hole. So, I just don't like the playing around with the way that it was worded. I don't like. Look, man, if I hate not knowing what the position is, and I get it, they got to play their cards and stuff like that. But nobody, I think, at this point in terms of the fan base. Really trust them at this point. They, they don't really trust them in terms of the direction, and I think that's probably the most frustrating part for for a Bulls fan.
1: Well, let me ask you this: Did you trust them after you saw the impact of Lonzo Ball for those first two and a half months?
3: Uh, I might be the wrong person to answer because I felt like they I mean, had I'm a ceiling. You though. Yeah, me me. Um, it was nice to see some you know decent basketball after a while. But I knew the ceiling was was there. Like, they weren't going to win a championship with that group. So, so I guess just straight answer,
1: no. Mm. See, this is the thing. I think that they think that they are the architects of something that just caught a bad break. They think that if the Alonzo Ball injury doesn't happen, they're right there in the mix. Because when it happened, they were number one in the East. And I know we can, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Going into the All Star break, but you know they've got they've got a lot, like they got plausible deniability in a lot of these things. Where it's like the, uh, worst. the Miami situation, yeah, I understand. That's the, that's the worst. Is it the the lack of self awareness? But it's this thing. If you are tourist Carneshevitz or Mark Eversley, how would you be thinking about yourself, knowing what you put together and understanding what happened to it to derail it? Like, you wouldn't be thinking that you, you know, that you're terrible. You would be thinking, all right, we got to figure out a way to pull another move. We got to figure out a way to 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 spruce this thing up. I'm not saying it's right, Tony. Like, listen, I think there is a certain amount. I think there's a certain amount of um, understanding, right? Because in the long run, you know, this Cleveland thing might not be what it's supposed to be after we've seen it for one year, you know, because at some point you got to move one of those big men. Right, the NBA, there's five different champions in the last five years. That dynastic shit with the second apron now and the tax and all those, like, it's gonna be harder than ever to go out here and win three championships in five years. Don't worry though. The Denver Nuggets is going to fuck around and do it <laughs> because they've got that dude, right? They've got that dude. And then they've got Michael Porter Jr. Who's going to come back after this offseason season, watching that tape after he sobers up and goes, God damn, I was terrible. And we still want a championship doing it, but man, like who are we talking about? The bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, the heat, the Cavaliers, The Chicago Bulls, and I'm just talking about the way they're thinking right now, the Chicago Bulls in that front office believes that if they swing the right move, they're right back in the thick of things. Now, it may be foolhardy, but the fact that Zach Levine is being talked about in this way for the second time now in, what, four months? That shit means something. And like you said... Or like you were inferring, i don't want to put words in your mouth. You can only do that so much with a player before it starts to get sour. And I'm telling y'all now, Zach Levine is the wrong dude to do that with and expect it to not get sour. There's, um, I want to say there's like passive aggressive energy there, but there is a certain, you know, I got this, you know, a, a, or um, uh, back to the confidence factor, right? Like he's, he understands his worth. And he changed after he went to the Olympics and came back and saw what was around him. And the Bulls noticed the change and were like, oh shit, we can't mess around and just draft kids around this dude anymore and hope they fill in the blanks. We got to go out here and trade kids for Nikola Vucevic. We got to go out here and make a deal for Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan and turn this thing upside down. That is the same dude who after this summer, if you mess around on media day and have him answer questions about... Pending trade opportunities or options or uh, rumors or scuttlebutt involving his career. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're going to put on a nice face. Hell, he put on a nice face for two years with Jim Boylan. So what makes you think that this is going to get any better? The Bulls are putting themselves, and I think, uh, in a position where, and me as a fan, I love it because professional discomfort is necessary when you don't reach the results that you, uh, uh, that you are trying to achieve. And I'm not saying that they've been too comfortable over the last couple of years, but something's got to change. So this whole time, when we're thinking maybe DeMar, what are they going to do with Vooch? All of a sudden, this report pops up, and Zach Levine is on the trade block, or people are gauging interest in Zach Levine, and a lot of it has to do with Bradley Beal. The, the Bulls, and I applaud them for this. You cannot allow, like when Kevin, uh, not Kevin Herter, uh, what's my man, um... What's my man's name that, that went to uh, Memphis, the shooter? Oh, my God. The the uh, Luke uh, Kennard.
3: Luke Kennard, When, yeah. when,
1: when, when Kennard went to the Memphis <laughs> for, like, a second-round pick, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, y'all. Like, this is one of the best shooters in the league who goes for pennies? And and that's what he went for, and all these teams in the East, including the Bulls, didn't have enough for it. You can't just sit around and watch shit happen, and then have your fan base see it happening and think that they're not, you know, none the wiser. So when Bradley Beal is out here being talked about, and all we've in this city understood over the last couple of years is the 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 um, the, the relationship that he and Bradley Beal have had in terms of the contract clocks. The style of game, and also these regular season battles that we've watched them put on over the last couple of years. You got damn right. When Bradley Beal becomes available, hey, we're pushing our chips to the table too. We got the better younger one who doesn't have a full no trade clause. So I applaud Arturis Karshovis and Mark Eversley for at least, you know, jumping in there. If these reports and rumors are true, if they're not, you know, looking forward to seeing whatever this is, because... Good go luck with me- that at Media Day. Hey, media, I, listen, Media Day is going to be a bitch, boy. Like, in a good way. If, in a good way. What, in a what, good if they way. Did,
3: what if they didn't do it? and tackle oh, it bulb, like? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Making a man answer questions. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting, man. I, I love it. It's the like I said, it's the male soap opera that that never stops, the NBA. You kidding me? You got you got dudes, wives going on the view, causing commotion. You got (laughs) you got young faces of the NBA from South Carolina just, you know, engaging in all the hijinks in the world. By the way, South Carolina, I said it last pod. South Carolina is still down 40. Like the whole state is down 40. Y'all, it's a blowout. We could put our ice on the knees like your man. I don't think he's going to get beat over the head with a crazy suspension. I don't. I don't, because one, he didn't commit a crime. They're going to bring that into play. And two, they need y'all. <laughs> they need you Hey, Hey, cut them braids off and start listening to country music. Get your black ass back on this court and play some basketball. That's that's what Adam Silver is going to say. Probably not in those, those words, right? But <laughs> I think that's what Adam, Adam Silver is going to relate to him. I don't think John's going to be out here for no season, no 45, no 50 games. Now, the suspension it might come down when you guys are listening to this on Monday, right? Uh, or whenever, you know, Friday, Saturday, whatever. This weekend, he might try to bury it uh, in the weekend news cycle. But I don't think John Moran is going to get suspended for no sixty June games or anything like that. Uh, well, you already know. You already June know.
3: Team suspension. Let's go, Adam Silver. Hey, man. Let's go show, show show these boys what you about.
1: Hey, listen <laughs> that 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 uh. That listening and learning. Shout out to my girl, Shakia Taylor. She, she went <laughs> off on Twitter today. But that listening and learning that we were experiencing in 2020, <laughs> that, 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 that time about up. <laughs> that time is about up. I already told you they about to Cinco de Mayo the shit out of Juneteenth. They are wrapping police cars in the state of Illinois in, in Kente cloth. I am not bullshitting y'all. I, y'all can go to my Twitter feed. <laughs> I, I had to have my Dr. Umar response to it. They, like, <laughs> Jun Juneteenth, they, try, they floated you candles, they floated you ice cream, all this other shit. You just watch. It's going to be mattress sales. Y'all can come down to the dealership and get you a car with no credit or bad credit because it's Juneteenth. You know what I mean? Like they, gonna, they It's about to be funny out here. And I hope y'all enjoy the three years of y'all holiday being celebrated. I'm saying y'all like I ain't want to. I hope y'all enjoyed or we enjoyed a holiday being celebrated for three years. Because, boy, it's about to be hilarious out here about to have Mark G and Greco kissing somebody inappropriately on New Year's Eve. <laughs> like, y'all gonna have, like, some local, some, local, back, TV, some local TV, some local TV celebrities gonna mess around and, and, and bring in Juneteenth with a bang. I saw CNN is having a special Juneteenth con, uh, uh, concert. I'm like, god damn, we got a safe uh, for y'all on our day of freedom, too? Uh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, shouldn't shouldn't that be the day when we bring out, like, Pink and Adele and and and, and, and Ed Sheeran and everybody? Like, hey, entertain us. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Huh? We got to go out there. Why, why y'all waking Mary J. Blige up and getting out of bed so she could perform at D.C. on Juneteenth? Huh? What are we doing out here? All right. I told you I wasn't having a serious pod today. So yeah, it's too much shit happening in the news. Yeah. I'm seeing too much wild stuff. I'm I'm you know, the autoplay, I forgot to turn the autoplay on my Twitter feed off, right? So everything that I'm sure you guys know I'm referring to out here, you know, seeing people in in bad positions and you know, driving down the street and seeing um uh, you know, uh, the, the, the refugees from other countries and, uh, the, the immigrants who are now having to stay outside of police stations because they are running from, you know, uh, the things that are happening across the border. Like it's too much, it's too much depression, too much sadness, too much stuff out here. I decided this morning that I was going to come into this pod and have myself a good time and, Lo and behold, Zach Levine is on the trade block. <laughs> Zion Williamson's daddy is talking about he's still standing behind his son. I'm like, probably should have been standing in front of him. You could have kept some distance. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know how like, they did at the, the, the school dances back in the day? Like slide a balloon in between the kids. Like, mm, y'all can't be getting that close. Like, You shouldn't have been standing behind your son. You should have been in front of him. Man, that Maybe that way, Mariah Mills wouldn't have got a hold of him. That's and then, of be course- both. Oh, my God. Hey, that's another <laughs> thing, too. That's another thing, too. They talking about trading Zion Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> they talking about trading Zion Williamson to the Portland Trailblazers for Scoot Henderson. My man, Chris Sutton, is about to... Hey, Chris. Uh,
4: hey, hey, we'll love him. We'll take him. We'll take him, <laughs> you know? They so you know they're going to ship Dame out. We need somebody, right? Hey. Let me tell you something right now. I don't think there's any city in America that wouldn't take them at
1: this point. <laughs> like, like, you, got it. you got every oh, you Instagram just got, yeah, got yeah, yeah, in the world. world. Yeah. Come on, come on. Are you, you
4: <laughs> Pacific Northwest? Hey, we got lots of strip clubs up here. You know, we got lots of food. We got the hey. coffee for you, man. We'll watch you dunk all day, break all of our backboards. Come on, Zion. Hey. Hey, break all of your headboards, too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: shout out to Zion Williamson. Shout out to John Morant and his toy gun. Shout out to Aisha Curry, making Steps Curry's next week, hell. Uh, and shout out to the NBA for giving everything that I needed to give uh, every single day and every single week. And, uh, you know, All it it did for me this last couple of days is allow me not to watch the Chicago White Sox on the West Coast. I appreciate the NBA for that, okay? Because at this point, all the White Sox are, are a waste of weed.
3: We'll be back with more of the Full Goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Anytime
2: Fitness. See website for
3: details. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And
1: the kick is good for the win. Fade to black.
3: Brought to you by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: Coming up next, we get a chance to chat about the Bears minicamp final practices with our guy from NBC Sports Chicago, Josh Schrock, right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's
4: the full Go,
3: talk about these conflicting reports. Justin Field
1: trash or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Josh>. Dude, dude. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Okay, look, dude. Huh? Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's Mark, Mark, shout out to Mark Grody. Shout out to Adam Hogue. They got Bears fans in a tizzy right now. <laughs> dude, the, tw- the Twitter
0: streets were bad yesterday. People were so mad at everyone that wasn't named Jeff Joniak. They were like, man, oh, you fucking people, you lie to us, and then Jeff Joniak tells us he went 15 for 18. Fuck you guys. I'm like, well, hold on. Now, there's 12 of us that say he didn't go 15 for 18. The guy who works for the team says he went 15 for let's really fucking <laughs> parse this out also if you're, if you're charting passes when they're in shorts and t-shirts get a fucking life man No one's charting that shit it's half and, speed and, and,
4: <laughs> and that's all
1: out josh that's all i need dog.
4: It's, like, half, it's like it's like half speed
0: throwing lobs i'm like are we counting it what 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 are they doing it's like oh yeah. man that's one that's a completion <laughs> okay
1: it's true man you know the bears fans are uh Frothing in the mouth
0: is what the Bears' hands are.
1: Well, you know what it is, too, Josh? And, like, this is one of the reasons why I want Justin Fields to be good. Mm -hmm. One, because he's the quarterback of my favorite team. Uh, Two, because I think, you know, he seems like a decent enough dude. Yeah. And three, I can't wait till we can get past not knowing how to fucking treat the quarterback position. Like, I can't, I can't wait until, like, cause if you think about it, like I'm 42 years old, right? Mm -hmm. I've never seen a quarterback groomed. I've never seen a quarterback developed in the history of, in my history of watching Bears football, Jay Cutler acquisition, Eric Kramer and his, you know, crazy season with Curtis Conway and Jeff Graham acquisition, Right. right? Jim McMahon, <laughs> Come
4: on, yeah, <laughs> right,
1: you know yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't know, know if it was Jim McMahon. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I like shout out to Jim. Yeah, yeah shout right. out to Jim. But yeah. I mean, like I've never seen it. So whenever we get to this moment where it where it's Rex Grossman or Kyle Orton or you know Mitch. any of these other young Mitch Trubisky, yeah. it's like, right. hey guys, hey guys, he uh, he completed a pass. He's looking good. Oh no, right. no, he doesn't right. know how to read defenses. Oh no, no, this. It's like, hey, you know guys work on things guys learn things they're, they're, allowed, they're allowed to improve repeat. and grow
0: they're allowed to improve and grow that's how that works
1: right <laughs> so tell you you were there as the last practice of minicamp right that's so right. you were there you mm-hmm. you know you're always there for OTAs and minicamp yes. what's mm-hmm. what's the real man like I'm i am not out here acting like this is the <laughs> second coming of Joe Montana sure. I have high hopes for the young man we yeah. all see the raw materials we all see the the, the, the boom plays yeah. we want to see the progression we want to see the maturation the accuracy and the the um the the lack of hesitation pulling the trigger especially on the short to medium routes but yeah what what are you seeing if you were talking about quarterback one not mm-hmm. justin fields but the dude who was wearing number one that you've seen this yeah. offseason and through many camp and otas what would you say man
0: man i would say first off He's definitely improved. I think a year ago, I parachuted in, got the job, landed at OTAs. And after about two OTAs, it was like, man, they're not going to move the ball at all. This team stinks. The offense is bad. They're working on run fits. They couldn't complete any passes. The ball was just on the ground. All of OTAs. It was like, you might as well have been playing T-ball. Uh, it was horrible. Um, it's a lot better now. I think Justin, I'm not a quarterback coach, so I hate talking about footwork and hitches. Right, and that, right, cause right. I, don't, I don't like, you know, Justin goes up there today and he's right. He's like, you know, we have different footwork for different plays and you guys don't know what concepts are running and he's a hundred percent right. So I'm absolutely not going to diagnose his footwork. I will say, uh, it looks cleaner. Uh, there's still a little pause, but it's, the release is quicker. Um, I think DJ Moore has helped. It's, it's, just, it's so important. It's so important. Justin is just more confident in getting the ball out because he has a guy he knows can get open, right? Like last year, if Darnell Mooney was out, Chase Claypool was out, and it's Equinemus St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Phelous Jones, the ball's not moving through the air. Justin's, it's 1-2. I'm taking off, man. I'm running for the hills, and I'm getting 25, and I'm getting out of bounds because no one's getting open. I don't trust these guys. And now, you know, those guys are out, but there's DJ Moore, and DJ Moore's good enough. Like, he's so good that Justin's just like, 1-2, boom, we'll move the ball, and then I'll, I'll sprinkle it around, right? I, I trust Dante Pettis enough. I trust come enough, but I know I can go to 2. And I think that's important. I think the confidence is there, but they're in shorts, right? There's going to be good days and bad. Like he throws a pick, he throws a pick, and everyone's like, "Well, whose fault was it?" Like I don't know. It's June. Like right. it's pro- like you know, maybe the receiver ran the wrong route. Maybe he made a bad throw. He's human. That doesn't mean he sucks. It
1: doesn't mean he's a right. bust. Or maybe, or maybe you should be happy that you're. Shit, defense is making a play to, by <laughs> <Right>. the way. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's
0: the other side of I've gotten that too. It's like, well, I hey, defense must be really good then. Maybe. You know, who knows? We'll um, see. Right. Yeah, right. We'll see. I think, in general, though, um the passing game has made big strides. I just think it looks m- way more functional. And that's um a product of a lot of things. It's a product of DJ Moore. It's a product of the Bears just deciding to focus on it a lot because they are at least at this point wanting to give Justin a real shot. I think last offseason, they didn't know. They were like, yeah, you know, let's just kind of install the run game and see how it goes. And now they want to see if he can be a franchise quarterback. So they're spending a ton of time on on deep shots, on on different concepts and aren't just screens and quick outs. They're letting him really show off the arm and the arm talent is there. Um, it's just about the decision-making and and not hesitating. I think the worry I have is has the scar tissue from the first two years built up so much that he's not going to be able to shake that inability to not pull the trigger. Like, as you can see it sometimes still, it's one, two, and you're like, throw it. And he's like, eh, and then he throws it. And you're like, Nope, that's not it. That's not it. We'll go again. And then sometimes like mm-hmm. today it was one, two and rips a dart to Robert Tunyon in between two people touchdown. It's like, Hey, there it is. It's there. So we know it's there. The worry is, can he do it consistently and has he not been can he shake off the damage that the first two years of his career did it, which was not his fault?
1: How is this offense? And I know we can't tell a lot in OTAs and many camps, right? So oh, we can tell, we can um, tell everything. Broad playing right, proclamations right, 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 right. and shorts. Right. Um uh, yeah. yeah. uh, the the comfort level yeah. in the offense, um, you know, the verbiage and all the other things that people talk about. Is Luke Getze you know, you can't steal stuff in the off season because there aren't <laughs> plays being run around you, and right. you know the Monday night football and Thursday night football games aren't on for you to go just look at the field and say, "Oh, I'd like to try that." <laughs> right. How do you think this thing is going to evolve after what we saw halfway through the season and the change in dynamics of how the the offense was going to be run? Like, what what do you think the next level of this is in terms of the misdirection stuff, the RPO stuff, the addition of DJ Moore, yeah. uh, the addition of Tyler Scott, the addition of you know. Sean, John, the addition of the weapons that we yeah, are right. finally going to be able to take the layers off and say, okay, is this a professional offense? Yeah, building building a
0: functional offense. Uh, what, a, what a weird concept. The Bears came up with yeah. this offseason, and I loved them for that. Um, man, what do I expect? I think, first, I expect them, and they've talked about it, not to use Justin, not to run him dead, right? They did that, like, they busted it out. It was awesome. It was like, oh, look, quarterback run. Isn't this fun? And then after three games, it was like, oh, NFL teams actually understand how to stop this. And they're just going to kick the crap out of your quarterback. And then he got hurt. Shocker. Because Luke Jesse didn't evolve off of that. Right? There was no other wrinkle. There was no fake quarterback sweep, boot the other way, wide open. It was just like, oh, no, we like these four plays. They've worked. Uh, so I'm looking for more of that. I think having a better offensive line, and at this point last year, they had I mean, they didn't know who was starting right. They had just thrown Braxton Jones in there. Dakota Doja was supposed to be the right tackle. He tore his ace. I mean, it was a complete right guard. It was a complete mess. They've got their five, right? They think they've got their five. Continuity is important. Darnell Wright is a very, very big, big, strong, fast human at right tackle. Um, I think all of that is going to make for a more evolved, should make for a more evolved passing game because DJ Moore is there, because that puts Darnon Mooney in a spot he's more comfortable. Cole Komet and Justin's relationship continues to grow. Uh, they really like Roshan Johnson. I mean, you know, they talk about Roshan Johnson like he's Gandhi. They drafted him and it was like, well, he's a, friend. he's a franchise. He's a franchise filler. And, you know, he's picking up all the water bottles and God, we love the kid. And you're like, well, okay. he's a blue chip prospect. He's a blue chip prospect. we got in the fourth round that a hundred people passed on. Well, oh, God love him. I hope so. Uh, yeah. So that's great. Um, and I think Tyler Scott, I've been really impressed. That speed, that 4-2 speed is real. Um, it's different than Bayless Jones. I remember people talk about Bayless ran at 4-3. I don't think Bayless's game speed is what Tyler Scott says. Tyler Scott is fast. It is automatic separation. Got a little bit of the drops. That's a problem. Need to clean that up. Uh, but you can see where he's going to help. And I think that addition allows them to be okay with whatever they get out of Chase Claypool on the field. Like If he does stink, it's going to not be great. You know, for retro, you know, looking back at that trade, it's gonna be like, oh man, we whiffed on that. But they can at least stomach that on the field if Tyler Scott is good and DJ Moore is good and Darnell Mooney is good. They have functional weapons. They have a functional line. They've really given Justin everything, and there's no more excuses. And Justin, to his credit, has never made excuses. He's always put it on himself because he's he's a stand up kid. And um, so look, the Bears they built a functional offense, and it's a lot of it's on Luke Getze. You know. After three games of that streak last year, people were like, "Wow, Luke Getzey's going to be a head coach," and I was like, "Well, okay, hold on. Why is Luke Getzi going to be a head coach automatically?" And then after two more games, it was like, "All right, Luke Getzi might not be ready for prime time, guys. So let's let's hold let's hold off on that." <laughs> so a lot of it's going to be on Luke Getzi, Like, can he actually evolve this offense and and get the most out of Justin, who has rare, rare talents.
1: Yeah. Lugetti sitting back watching Nathaniel Hackett like, thank God that you are doing this in Denver because <laughs> right it was it was you and me that were named the next guys. Yeah, we were we
0: right there with 12 in the darkness of the tree. May you. God bless.
1: God bless that. <laughs> Shout out to the ayahuasca. Shout <laughs> out right, to the ayahuasca. Man. A lot of good ayahuasca in <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey out here. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. You know, if not, if not, <laughs> I'm sure you can get something else. I'm sure you can get something else in Newark, East Orange. You know? Absolutely. Uh, before we let you go here, man, I always appreciate your time. Uh, no problem. So who are the... Uh, who are the interesting cats on this team Ooh. that the Bears fans need to know? Cause I like, well, I don't know who's doing the Bears social media now, but yeah. whoever that brother or sister is, it's, 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 working. Right. Cause you know, it's fun. You know, right? we you, I yeah. saw more of it last year. Yeah. Right. Well. But who, 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 who are the characters? Who, who are the the, the interesting really? folks through this offseason, through the OTAs and now this mini camp?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Justin Jones is really shy. I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was really good last year. Um, He's he's a character, man, and you can tell. We end last season, and he has this big spiel about like an airing of grievances, like it was Festivus at Hallis Hall after the season. He's like, man, I told I told the coaches what's what. All this stuff was bad, and we're like, that's kind of weird. Whatever. And then he comes up two days ago and is like, yeah, no, the locker room was it was down bad last year. Guys didn't care. Guys who are not here did not care. Uh, Packers fans were shitty, and it was just. I mean, it was like a ten minute just extravaganza. So he's a character. Um, I think people are really going to like Jervon Dexter, once they get to know him, he's a really quiet guy, but as long as, as long as he can be what the bears think he is, and he's already shown it. I mean, it's not in pads, but man, I've never seen a six, six 313 pound guy move like that. Um, so as long as he can do that in pads, I think bears fans are, are really going to like him and train Edmonds, man. I was really skeptical of 85, $90 million for a guy with no ball production who arguably is not as good has another track record of Roquan Smith. And they kind of just swap that out. You get, you get a couple looks at him. He's different, man. He is big. He is long. Uh, it's going to be really hard to throw around him, throw over him. Uh, the bear should, should force a lot more takeaways just by having that kind of body in there. Um, so, so that, that's a guy and DJ Moore is uh, DJ Moore, DJ Moore is a cool character. He's, he's got Bears fans are gonna like him yeah. instantly. Not just not just because he's a baller, but he's got a good personality. He says he won't show the media that personality, but I'm sure the fans
1: will see it. Well, I'm sure we will see it as well because JJ <laughs> yeah, um, Moore is still the hey, dude. Still the, <laughs> still the uh, JJ Moore, still the dude who caught the hail mary, took his helmet off, and you know hey. we saw how that went for hey, I'm, taking, I'm taking the helmet <laughs> off too if I catch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I just yeah, swag. No, like, yeah. I enjoy man, it. I'm fuck just, just fuck the your cake. team in the penalty. I'm looking in the, at the, the
0: kicker yeah. like, hey man, you still gotta make that. If I'm making the <laughs> your kick, you're making the kick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I made <laughs> your job harder, but yeah. do your fucking job. Yeah, do your job. I did mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord have Mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Rock. Uh you will be hearing from him uh on this pod, hopefully, and of course, NBC Sports Chicago, NBCSportsChicago.com. Um, uh he is on football football night in Chicago he's always chopping up all the great content he is the the Michael Malone of this podcast ladies and yeah, gentlemen Michael, not, his, Mike. Michael yeah, not Mike Michael not Mike thank yeah, you very much yeah 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 he's, he's got <laughs> he's got his chain he's got That's his right. hat cocked to the side and he's got his glasses and he's ready to hang out <laughs> with all the black folks so Josh we appreciate you man we'll talk to you soon brother hey, it's always a pleasure guys take care no doubt Josh Schrock right here on the full Go podcast
3: time for some
0: commercials
3: What up world? It's Vic Spencer and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf presented by the Ringer a Spotify original <laughs>
4: Hey man, I just wanted to comment on this. Uh, I was looking up um, Mike Malone while you were talking. There's this picture of him with like a dookie chain on. Wait, yeah, is that no, a Cuban? Is, a, is yeah. like a Cuban link or it's something a on, diamond, on? Diamond-studded Cuban link. The glasses in the hat, and he has a shirt that says "Put this in your pipe and smoke it." Yeah, that's that's the most Denver shit I've ever seen. Hey, man. listen,
1: man. There you go. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike was tired of code switching for you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Mike, no <laughs> man, he's a G man. Mike, What's Mike, going on, <laughs> Mike? You know what it is, Mike? Mike showed up high. I show up in every single moment outside of television. <laughs> My, I, it's so funny when like certain people run into me, and I'm, you know, I, I don't give a fuck, so I just talk the way I talk anyway. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, this is uh, you know, I'll never forget. I'll never ever forget Brian Crawford, who used to cover the Bulls here in Chicago. Super militant brother. <laughs> he came up to me one time in the locker room. He was like, you know, how I like you, man. I was like, uh, I don't know. Why wow. He's like, you are a nigga. I was like, what's going on? I was like, wait, wait. I'm like, is that a compliment or like, what's going on? He was like, he's like, dog. He was like, I know a lot of niggas. He was like, you are a nigga. Like, you ain't going to fool me with the shit that you be out here doing. I'm like, I wasn't trying to fool nobody, dog. Like, duh, you just got to, hey, just be your full self. They're going to figure out somewhere Michael Malone went out there and was like, yo, <laughs> like, the shit he was what the other thing that he was saying was even funnier than the the Brucey e. B because that shit was hilarious. Brucey e. B, he, he coming back, <laughs> he, he coming back. That's me after every good foray in the sack, boy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me standing dead now. I was like, hey hey, get you get your Gatorade. <laughs> we running this shit back. <laughs> get loud. <laughs> this man, this man was taking airplane bottles of Hennessy to the face like one gulp and and tossing them throughout the parade like who knew like who's the blackest white man in sports right now
4: Mm -hmm. Hmm, I'm trying man. to think, man.
1: Who's, who's, the, hero, who's right? the one? Because you motherfuckers always invite somebody to the goddamn cookout, and then you find mm-hmm. out that they said nigga when they was twelve years old, and then kick him out the cookout. But who is who is the 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 white dude in all of sports where you're like, no, he's he's in. He, he, he you know he he's one of us. You know he he understands our our rhythm and not our blues, and we accept him because of that. Because I think Travis Kelsey does it to the point where it's like wrestlerish. So it's like.
4: But he's like a country dude, though, man. He's like kind of. He's like, you know. Right. That's a little and, different. And,
1: and and yeah, the line is blurred between country white guy and brother, right? Because mm-hmm. they have a lot of the same leanings. Like there's a lot right, of right, brothers right. who are running around <laughs> out here with super conservative views. And they just they just are, you know what I mean? Like they, you know, yeah. love to fish, love to hunt, you know what I mean? So the the lines are blurred there, but you said Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. You said Tyler Hero tone. Yep. Yeah. It's probably think about that. Think about that. Tyler Hero. Is the whitest black man in sports? Hmm? I miss the days of 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 Jason Williams. You know the the one with the Y, by the way, white chocolate, not not the one who shot his driver.
4: Nah, not not that Jason Williams. Um, But I'm trying to think. Yeah, man. No, I'm looking. I'm looking at Jokic and his family. I mean, that looks like. You see, I mean, they look, like a, it's more of a Samoan vibe, you know, when you see Samoans hanging out and like a good, you know, but maybe that could be black, you know, Jokic. You know, like you're scared of them, like they're nice and jolly, but you know they may have killed somebody, you know what I mean? It's like, don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all Samoans being characterized as nice and jolly, but you're fearful of them in their
1: masks. That's fucked up, but funny at the same time. Uh, Wait, man. I,
4: no, but I got uh, no. The Samoan thing is real because when I was in high school, there was a couple of Samoan gangs in my high school, right? And like, they were the nicest dudes. They lived down the street. From me, shout out to the Booyah tribe back in the day. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't work exactly. It was Mm -hmm. that type of vibe, Mm -hmm. right? But the thing is, is that like, uh, man, you'd hear these stories about like they they, there's these parties where another gang showed up and like it goes down. Somebody ends up in a closet or something, you know. So everybody was everybody knew. But, I mean, they were the coolest dudes, but like everybody yeah. knew, no, and they were I, 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 all listen, like listen, huge. Listen, they're listen, all listen. like three hundred pounds. Of course, you know? they, they're yeah. all they're all
1: like you know defensive tackles in the NFL, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're right all up, you know? Lele, and all them boys yeah, and totally, Demario Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. no, I, mm-hmm. you. I got you. I got you. That's that's
4: good vibes, though. I'm trying to think. <laughs> So Jokic is oh, more like that. You know, shit. it's like, oh, he's a nice guy, but you're not gonna fuck with
1: his family, you know. No, so. no, no, you're gonna end up in a fucking trunk somewhere. <laughs> right. you're fucking, you know fucking what around I mean? with Jokic, the Jokic brothers. <laughs> I like I the phenomenon that is going on this year can, like surrounding them is hilarious to me. Because <laughs> you could not have um brothers actual brothers who had an nba brother with that kind of size that kind of stature with those tattoos and that Mm -hmm. serial killer type of vibe anytime you see them, they could be the nicest dudes in the world Mm -hmm. but when you see them you think that somebody's about to get their ass kicked you could not have brothers roaming around the nba like that like the nba would be like hey keep them motherfuckers in the background for us, okay? Like, those motherfuckers are scary. With this, it's like, oh, look at Jokic's two hitman brothers and and, 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 mm-hmm. and how joyous they are. They throwing right. around this man. This man is 280 pounds, seven foot tall. They throwing his ass around up and down. Like, and right. it's not if you want to or not to, by the way. This is like, oh, this is what you're doing because you're little brother. So, shout brother. out to that, yeah. man.
4: And, you know, Luca be, be walking around like he's got a chain on, too. This, though, this you know. is the thing, y'all. Like... I remember the
1: introduction to the European basketball culture as it was happening in real time in the NBA with Dino Raja and uh, Tony Kukoc, right before you know Vladi Divots was already in the league by that time, Um, and everything was Europeans were soft, right? Like they played a softer game; they couldn't handle the physicality. Fast forward to the bubble, (laughs) you know, you talk about the evolution of basketball. When Luka Doncic is staring down everybody on the on, on the Los Angeles Clippers and not backing down. Y'all can fuck with them Eastern Block dudes all you want. You feel me? Like every everywhere has a hood, you know? Like he, yours might have, you know, guns and bullets. Theirs has slingshots at tanks.
4: You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what he did to Booker, you hey, know, like hey. he was all up in his head. Listen, man. He, he punked that guy.
1: Listen, all you need is a motherfucker who was willing. That's it. And there are a lot of people running around who ain't willing. These dudes come over here and they are willing. Like, they don't want to be here. They they get ostracized in their in their uh, locker rooms, whether they have the star or not, because, you know, it's probably not a lot of commonalities and unless, you know, you've been indoctrinated in the way, the Western way and the NBA culture. Like, Nikola Jokic this year turned a lot of people off in the NBA was like hey we should all be wearing suits you motherfuckers look like bums showing up to work you know what I mean like these are the things that were being said as he's having another MVP campaign now he's won a championship shit y'all ain't y'all ain't telling Jokic anything or any other player that isn't American born here I've been it's been kind of the theme the last half of this basketball season on this pod like y'all better y'all better get y'all shit together man like that that World versus USA game right now, if you want to do that in the, in the All-Star game and spice it up a little bit, you might be, might be leaving with an L. It's the Full Goal!
4: Winner, winner, winner.
1: That's all the time we have for episode 255 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our guest, Josh Schrock from NBC Sports Chicago. You can check out his content on NBCSportsChicago.com. I want to thank our production staff, as always the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, my main man, Tony Gill and the chief vibes officer of the pod. He is Chris Sutton for the fellas. I am Jason Goff. thanking you for downloading this thing. Thanking you for subscribing to this thing. Thank you for sharing it with your family and friends rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars that, uh, you know, it needs. If not, we're going to see you in these streets. Uh, we will holler at y'all on Sunday, right on Sunday. We'll holler at y'all on father's day. Uh, that should be interesting. Um, because we all know that Father's Day is nothing like Mother's Day. And I did not really realize that until like the last few years of my life. We, where, we working? We all fathers now. <laughs> oh, who, shit. Who are you talking to? You ain't, ain't got to tell me twice. Yeah, but, I'm but, there. but if yeah, we'll, we'll throw out a little something for the people. We'll throw out, you know, a little shorty for the people. But, uh, Yeah, man. Happy Father's Day to everybody this weekend. Um, You know, if your father is not in your life or your father is no longer here, uh, hopefully, you know, you can think about the father figures or that father figure with the happiest of moments and happiest of times uh, as you take your little introspective looks inward and try to figure out why you're a mess. It's probably because of your daddy. So shout out to y'all. Hopefully y'all get everything that y'all want on Father's Day, which is peace <laughs> and quiet, uh, but yeah, man, we will highlight y'all on Sunday, uh, the day before Juneteenth. Looking forward to the to the pre Juneteenth podcast. I'll be on here with my Juneteenth candles burning a scoop of my favorite Juneteenth ice cream. And maybe just maybe I'll be able to take a ride in the Juneteenth squad car that is patrolling the state of Illinois right now, which is always a good look, you know, especially when you, when you kind of Google the, uh, the, the foundation of of policing, <laughs> like, the first uses for policing in this country. If you if you just take a look back, if if the internet hasn't been banned yet in the state that you're listening to this pod in, just Just do a little research, you know, do your own research. Don't don't take it from me. So for the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, We will catch you guys on Sunday. The voicemail line is open for you. Oh, by the way, I got something for you. A question for you guys out there, because seems like some NBA players are getting ready to be fired for their jobs for very, very ridiculous reasons. And when I say some, I'm talking about Zion Williamson. So I want to know from y'all. The most ridiculous reason that you ever got fired from a job for or someone around you, someone close to you right? I want to know your, your ridiculous reasons uh, for getting fired or the ridiculous ways that you got fired. So dial us up at 773-359-3103. 773-359-3103. The best ones will make the pod. And if you guys don't hear any voicemails on the next pod, that's because nobody had a good one. And it's as simple as that. Not going to lie to y'all. If we don't play voicemails, it's because they're trash. I'm tired of carrying this bitch all on my own. My production staff is tired as well. It's time for y'all to start jumping in here a little bit so 773-359-3103 is the phone number we will catch y'all on sunday until then take care of each other be safe and remember to stay sucker free must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler or visit FANDUEL.COM slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one 800 nine with it in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred in Wyoming hope is here Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.